The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. Mitchell's front page, the Monday Sports Panel. Peter is in the studio. Good morning, Peter. How are you? Very well, thank you, Mitchell. Nice to be part of the show again. Yeah, good to have you back. And Bucket's on the line. Morning, Bucket. Good morning, Mitch, and how are you? I'm good, thank you, for a Monday morning. Hope you're going well. What's going on down at Geelong, you know, with the you know, bringing Harry Taylor back in? They're like, you're playing a lot like an off-field role, surely. You're basically, Ross Lyon, is there still a chance to come, come here, is he? Apparently, yes, Peter is all across this. So uh, what have you heard this morning? Oh, well, just, yeah, you're right, Bucket, and, um, yeah, Harry Taylor coming uh, coming back over from the West to uh, to take a, a coaching role, Um yeah, the, the Ross Lyon one's an interesting one at the moment. Um, definitely, uh, I know Chris Scott and Ross Lyon are quite, uh, quite uh, fairly close friends, to be quite oh, honest. Oh, are they? Okay. Yeah. And Steve Hawking's a big fan of Ross Lyon. So whether they can put a deal together and uh, entice him to come across, obviously now with Chris Scott getting a, another two-year extension on his contract, so obviously just as a director of coaching type role for Ross Lyon, but we'll wait and see what happens there. And the other name that's still been circulated is Matthew Egan to come back to Geelong in a coaching role. So Very interesting one because, yeah, when he played, although he didn't play many games, like, he was a brilliant footballer and was mm. cut down by injury, wasn't he? He was, he was, bucket. So I think he had a stint over at Essendon. And, and um, at another club, maybe Melbourne at one stage in, in, in a supporting role. So we'll wait and see, but definitely Harry Taylor. But you know, I, I'm of the opinion that if he hadn't been out of the game that long, like 12 months, and he's coming back to a club where he'd still be very familiar with all the players, yeah, I, I, look, I, I guess he's not, um, you know, he's not going to have the, the sole say on anything. But uh, yeah, sometimes I prefer to see those players go to another club, have a, have a look, get a role there, but obviously it may not have been offered any any um, role. Obviously, Freo and West Coast would have been uh, would have been very handy for him, but Geelong's thrown, uh, thrown out a call to him and he's coming back over. Yeah, but basically, when he went back home, home to the uh, Midwest over, over Western Australia, like he went in, into the administration part of it, of football, didn't he? The Northern, League, Northern Leagues, wasn't it? Oh, that, yeah, I think you might be right there, Bucket. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a strange decision in a way to go from living in WA to coming back to Victoria. I mean, you'd really have to hope that the lockdown situation that we've been living through is over and won't dominate 2022 because, uh, yeah... Otherwise, you're really seeing a significant degradation in your quality of life from being in WA and being relatively free to being here and having lockdowns every other week. But let's hope that uh, there is a bit of clear air next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The highly respected yeah, member of the Geelong Football Club, the role he played on that back line, oh. was, at, was at, at times was absolutely outstanding mm. the way he could turn that ball around. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And the other one with uh, just Ross Lyon, I was mentioning this this morning to you, Peter. I'll just never forget the uh, outrage over that 2013 qualifying final I think it was where Freo had to come here mm-hmm. and play uh, and Ross Lyon was very unhappy about that and uh, made his feelings known in that press conference and uh, he did indeed. that was a tough tough day so um, I'm assuming all is forgiven if he's now coming over to work for Geelong I, um, and I guess uh, my concern there would be we know his style of coaching um, so do we see that real defensive side of the of the game come coming again at uh, at Geelong and yeah we I don't know I just we'll wait and see we'll, we'll wait, wait and see. see.
All right, moving along today, we're looking at the Essendon Football Club, which is a club of a rich history, and they've, I think, still won the most premierships out of any club. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, they've won 16 premierships. They've been runner-upper on 14 occasions. They've played in 132 finals. They've had 69 wins and 60, 61 losses. Yeah, and they joined the AFL in, in 1897. So, so they've been part of the furniture now for a long, long time. But over the years, Peter, you remember the Essendon. Some of the champion players that they had over the years was just absolutely outstanding. You know, Reynolds, yeah. like, as a coach or a player, he, he was brilliant, you know, and uh, basically, uh, although Kevin Sheedy didn't play for him, but he turned out to be a wonderful coach who coached the, the four premierships, you know, like a bloke called Hutchison, like he, he was one of the outstanding players, you know, just, in, in just after the war period and a beautiful stab kick and used the ball very, very well. There was one bloke who played for the for the Essendon Football Club, a bloke called Norm McDowell. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of people have to be in, my, in about my age vintage, you know, to, to seen him play but by gee what a champion he, he was and well he won the best and fairest in 1951 and he always a wonderful player but one of the strange things that ever happened down here I went down to training one night and there was about 14 or 15 uh, uh, Geelong players all trying, uh, try, uh, trying out for the rope and, uh, and who, who was the coach on? Coach on was Simon Madden you know mm, champion another champion he come down here he only spent, spent a, 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 a short time down and he nicked off back to I don't know how he got back there, but he did, he did something. And he turned out, oh, I think he took some of the secrets of the John Football Club from here you know, back to Essen. And, and, he, and he turned out to be a pretty wily sort of a, a customer. You know, a bloke called Graham Moss. Geez, yeah, he too. You know, like a brilliant player. And the, you know, basically, you know, like some of the players that spoke over, over although they're long gone, long gone finished in that voyage. The, the, the sort of names you always remember, Peter. Yeah, John Coleman. No. The one, but actually, I bumped uh, well, not bumped into, but I crossed paths with uh, Simon Madden only a few weeks ago here in Geelong. He was, uh, you're not trying to get that ruck job back, here. no, 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 but anyway, he, he was out and about, yeah, brilliant. And um, my favorite playback for Messenden back in the um, 70s, and that was Kenny Fraser, number 23. Yeah, brilliant, but, yeah, yeah, so yeah, and of course, Essendon were originally known as the same old. Um, if you have a look on Wikipedia and just um, yeah, originally referred to as the same old. Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, always were. There was always some questions about about the way they played and everything like that. But over the years, they were wonderful coaches, didn't they? Like over the years, like, like the Reynolds, the Hutchinson, mm-hmm. yeah, those sort of guys. And then yeah, she, she come in. He coached them to four premierships. He knew what he was doing when he took on the the Essendon football club. I thought. Yeah, he did, and and I think we've got a reasonable coach um, at Essendon now in uh, in Ben Rutten. Um, yes. Yeah, I. I just like this year, obviously we're doing the Essendon review, so um, yeah, he, he sort of brought a bit of hard, hard and toughness um, to, the, to the team, and I mean, when you look at it, like they overhauled the playing list, uh, and you know, a fairly young side, they, um, as we said, in his first year on his own as coach, Rutten, I thought he, he's done a really good, uh, a really good job, um, they, um, I'd, one thing that um, we did note, they lost six of their first eight games, this year, um, Essendon, and then bang, away they went. So they they got their uh, game plan going uh, and, a, and a style. Um, I like them down back at times. They, um, they're, um, I think, Jaden Laverde and uh, James Stewart, uh, two really important defenders in that uh, in that team. And on the other hand, too, Bucket and Mitchell, as we know, 
their percentage at the end of the year, Essendon, was 109.1, which was the highest percentage they'd had since 2003. So uh, really only lost two two games and big blowouts, round two against Port and yeah. Brisbane in round five. But um, And then and, and let's not forget, too, before the season, they lost Fantasia, Adam Saad, and, um, and of course, um, Danaher. So um, most pundits, I think, expected Essendon to finish down that bottom five or six uh, this year. But as we know, they made the finals, got beaten fairly comfortably by, only kicked the four goals in that final against the Bullies. But yeah, yeah but... Uh, I think Essendon fans would be very happy with uh, the 2021 performance. I think uh, Essendon fans, you know, in the top eight, eight this year was the first time since uh, 2004. But by gee, they uncovered you know, a lot of good players along the way. They had 11 wins and 11 losses. They used uh, 37 players. And, and here's you know, the, the, the great uh, figure. They used seven first-year players. And by gee, some of those players, their kids could play in that. But uh, overall, you know, like you mentioned, the established players, like like uh, Stringer, Merrick, Parrish, mm. he, he had a wonderful season. Draper looks like he's going to be a, a ruckman there for, for many, many years for the Essendon side. And, and the, the only doubt they've got going into in, in the next year is going to be Michael Hurley with that hip. Yeah. Yeah. Injury to the hip, yeah, just how bad is. And, and can he recover and, and come back? What you, have you heard any stories about him? I think he's on uh, on track at this stage, Bucket, to uh, to uh, come back again uh, next next year. So, yeah, that was another big loss, wasn't it? I mean, he's very fortunate because of all the complications that he's he's actually will be able to play football again. So, uh, but yeah, look, there's uh, a couple other one player I do like is Nick Cox. I think he's he's going to be an absolute gun. He can kick either side. He's on the wing, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kick either foot. You know. he's, he, look, he can play around a bit. He's, he's like another utility, but he can be used in a number of positions. Archie Perkins is another one. Yeah. Um, Harrison Jones. So, uh, yeah, look, I I think they just... Um, the biggest problem with Essendon is over the, those times, when they did make a final, they, they failed to back up the next year. And we, I just hope they don't think that their achievement this year, you know, and they just formed a little bit... Um, yeah, not laziness, but um, yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, they're going to have to work hard again. But and I think Devon Smith, Dylan Shield, they need to pick up their game because they, they no longer would be guaranteed a, a game next season. Whereas Paul oh, Lara, boy, gee, was he? Like he, he's done very, very well out of out of uh, out of playing football. At one uh, one stage, there's a little story getting around. He bought a house in Geelong, but I don't know whether that yeah, was finalised or that or he, yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, I'm not sure what happened there. Pick up down here, wouldn't he? Yeah, would he what? So, uh, and if you can get a, um, a fit Sam Draper and uh, Jordan Ridley back on track, there's another couple there. So, look, there may be a, a small decline um, next season, but I, I would think, uh, as an Essendon fan, I don't expect them to um, come out and win a premiership, but uh, and maybe not even top four, but I would expect them to, uh, you'd like to think they'd finish in the uh, in the bottom half of the top eight. I do think they've changed their thinking uh, with the coaching and things like that. They, they, they seem to have uh, coaches, uh, all the new coaches coming into the competition seem to be. Uh, they seem to be really focused on getting things right, right from the bottom to the top, don't they? Yeah, they do. And as we said, Ben Rutten came out quite clearly and said, "We'll be a blue collar." Uh, attitude in the in the club, and and he has uh, he has been true to his word. So yeah, yeah I think I look over the next few years. I think there'll be some really good times for Essendon. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so um, anyway, that's uh, that's my thoughts. I, th- I think they'll, they'll, they'll play finals, but uh, if they if they miss, I think it'll only be very narrowly, and uh, I guess even then you wouldn't be overly disappointed, but uh, we won't get our expectations too high at the moment. And Coach Ratton's got plenty to work with there because there's some really some real fair income talent like that, and you would expect them to pick up you know, one or two over the... Uh, 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 over the draft period, wouldn't you? Yes, and and I'd like to think that uh, young McDonald, Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, um, you know, is uh, has got over his personal issues, etc., and uh, has a full season because he's an exciting player too. Yeah. So that's Essendon, and I believe next week we go on to yeah. do Frio. Is yeah. that right? Real swoopers on the on the game, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm yes. real swoopers. Frio, the uh, the uh, yes, yeah, Frio, the uh, the club with the worst. Uh, club song in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, so looking forward to that next week. Look, we'll take a break. We'll come back and talk about uh, some of the racing over the weekend, the Everest and the Caulfield Cup. And Peter, I think you've got a bit of a lawn bowls update for us about how the uh, region is responding to some of the challenges, but hopefully a bit of hope on the horizon for local sport, including lawn bowls. Well, just about there for the day, but 45 RPM coming up after the 11 o'clock news. Now, Bucket, are you a bit of a racing fan? Did you watch the Caulfield Cup or the Everest or anything like that? Like, uh, gee, Peter, how good was that horse, you know? Like, uh, like he, 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 he was at the back of the field at one stage, and I thought, boy, gee, he's got a big wall in front of him, He just, but he just went around the outside and just done, you know, with ease, wasn't he? Is that one of the best performances, or was it uh, like a, a weak uh, field? Uh, you're talking about the Caulfield Cup bucket incentivise. Is that the one you're talking about, or the big one in Sydney? Uh, we might have lost. Might have used that bucket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was the Caulfield Cup we were talking about? That was that was a the Caulfield Cup winner incentivise. That was a huge run. Um, I mean, it worked early, very early, um, out wide coming down the straight the first time. But listening to Peter Moody, who of course was the trainer of Black Caviar, so um, he wasn't concerned about the barrier draw on Saturday. Brett Preble just uh, let the horse um, just find his find his feet, and when they went down the back straight, he, he'd posied up then into a nice posy. But gee, the way he won that was. Probably the biggest win I've seen at Caulfield Cup was Might and Power when it won by about nine lengths and uh, went on and held on to win the Melbourne Cup, the double, um, narrowly winning that by only a, a nose. But this was a big win, and he's uh, he's going to bypass the Cox Plate incentivise and go straight to the Melbourne Cup, I think so, and he's favourite now for the Cup. So, oh. yeah, and um, listening to Brett Preble, who... Uh, you know, he's really come uh, uh, again as a back as a, you know, a really good jockey. Didn't have a lot of opportunities at one stage when he came back from overseas. Brett Preble. He said this horse is. He said he'll run to uh, thirty two hundred without a without a doubt. So yeah, when I heard that, I thought more well, more money's going to go on him. <laughs> yeah, well, we might have missed the we might have missed it, Bucket. I think we might be a bit too late. I think he <laughs> he certainly was a lot shorter after the cup than what he was prior to it. So anyway, no, very big win, and so was Nature Strip in the in the Everest up in yeah, yeah, up in yeah. Sydney. But yeah, I I wouldn't I, I agree with you. I don't think I'd be looking to back anything else um, uh, in the Melbourne Cup at this stage. Peter, we're not we haven't seen any imported horses this year. Like uh, I think that that'll add a fair bit of interest you know, to the Australian bloodstock. Well, you know the way they're performing and why they're coming along, wouldn't it? Breeding in that, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I mean. 
because of certain quarantine conditions and, uh, and, and of course, with the COVID. So a number of overseas trainers were reluctant to bring their horses over. So um, you will see. I think there might be two or three uh, raiders uh, in, the, in the field come the, uh, the first Tuesday in November. But, uh, oh, no, it's good for, uh, good for Australian racing. And it does add a bit more interest. But this horse uh, that won the cup on Saturday, I mean, it, it got beaten in a, in a maiden at Toowoomba or something. It ran seventh at its third start in the race. Unplaced in its first three, I think. And then, what's it, one nine in the row? So, yeah, you never, you never can tell. Luckily, they they didn't uh, give up on it after three runs. Yeah, so. oh, geez, like, like it's like when it was transferred to Moody, I, I, I think that opened a fair few eyes. There, yeah, going to yeah, well, one of Australia's top trainers, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Uh, very, very exciting horse. Have they talked much about just with the Melbourne Cup how they'll decide who the ten thousand people are that will be able to attend, or is that still being worked out? Um, no, I'm not too sure. I know one condition will be that you will have to have been fully vaccinated. Uh, I think you'll find in the coming couple of weeks that you'll just be able to have to... Well, you'll have to probably show your vaccination certificate to go just about anywhere, really. You will, yeah, yeah, which is... Uh, and I think that's going to happen, with, as you say, Mitchell, with, uh, with a lot of sports, I... Um, just waiting, like, like on the update, I'm not sure what the Cricket Association is doing there, but they hope to start their cricket, I think, on the 6th of November, and Bowls, uh, Geelong Regional Bowls Association had a meeting yesterday, I haven't been able to get the full details, but we're also hoping to, to kick off on either the 6th or the 13th of November, and I'm led to believe that uh, all clubs would be putting a vote as to that their members need to be fully vaccinated, or at least have had one one shot and uh, booked in for their second before being uh, allowed to come, to play bowls. So it'll be interesting. It'll be a rule you know, within the association, is it, Peter? Mm, I, I'm led to believe that. I could, that they, as I said, all clubs. There was a meeting yesterday yeah, with, with all the clubs. Sort of suggesting, you know, that, that seems to be the way out of it. Yeah, you know, like people who are not vaccinated, well. It's a bit of a problem. We're in a way going back into lockdown. Mm. Uh, with the bowls, I suppose you have to wipe down with the uh, the wipes, all the bowls and all the equipment years before and after? Well, well, one interesting part of that will be, and, and not always, but some, some bowls, you just, it's a gentleman's thing where or, or ladies, uh, uh, your, your opposition... You may very well, as a um, as a skipper, you may pick up um, their bowl if they go down to have a look at the head and walk back up. It's just a, a, a thing that you would do. You won't be doing that, of course. You won't mm. be picking up anyone else's Everyone bowls. touches their own. And uh, afternoon teas, I think the days will be gone there where we're going for a break where, you know, we used to, within the club, make the sandwiches and put them in a big uh, container, just you know, hand in, grab a sandwich. It'll all be individually sandwiches in individual containers, etc. Um, and uh, whether we're allowed to actually go in the rooms, we may have to eat, uh, eat outside. Um, yeah, depending on numbers, so yeah, that's a bit harsh. Yeah, I suppose that's uh, that's the way of the world now. That will be it. Yeah, so at least we, if we can get back there. It'll be really good. Well, you better move over to the final word, uh, bucket. What have you got for us? Yes, it's going to be very, very interesting. We do have some freedom, you know, and like and gee, like and basically that should be of benefit to a lot of Victorians, surely. You know, like yeah, yeah, we've been locked down now. Uh, I, I know we're just absolutely getting sick of it. You, mm. you go around, you go around the shopping centres, you see. Very very few around that type of thing. The sooner we get back to normal, the better, I think. Hoping for a bright future on the horizon. And Peter? Mm. Uh, just very quickly, a couple of coaching appointments. Coinscliff, I see, has has uh, got hold of Roy Nickel, and Roy, of course, was a Newcomb uh, coach for a number of years. Very successful. He I was think. indeed. And the other appointment is that um, uh, Peter Riccardi has uh, has taken on a role at uh, at Bell Park uh, as an assistant coach over at Bell Park for next uh, next season.
Very good. Look, thanks very much to both of you for being on the program. Looking forward to doing it all again next week when we talk about the Frio Dockers and a few other things that have been happening in sport. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.